0: From Boston University and BU Alumni Relations, welcome to Proud to BU Around the World. I'm your host, Jeff Murphy, and this season, we're taking the podcast on the road to meet some of our most interesting and accomplished alumni navigating life and careers in cities across the globe. On today's episode, we're breaking new ground with not one, not two, but three guests here in the studio. Dr. Barry Brooks established Brooks Dental in Winthrop, Massachusetts in 1959. His son, Dr. Howard Brooks would join the family business after graduating from BU's Goldman School of Dental Medicine in 1987. And in 2018, Howard's daughter, Dr. Stephanie Brooks would become the third generation to join the family business after graduating from the Goldman School of Dental Medicine as well. Doctors Barry, Howard, and Stephanie joined me on Proud to BU to talk about running a business, family legacy, and reflections on the transformation of their industry over the course of three generations. So today we're playing a game of how many dentists can you fit in the College of Communications studio. I have all the doctors, Brooks, three generations. Thank you all for being here. Uh, You're welcome.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: So uh, interesting story. We've got a father and a daughter who uh, both attended Boston University uh, Dental School. Um, But Dr. Barry Brooks, you're the the patriarch. Um, I was wondering why on earth you didn't attend BU dental school and then I had to do a little research and found out that I don't think it existed quite at the time that you no, went I to dental school. No, I don't think so school. either.
2: Uh, I had heard good things about Loyola, Chicago and it was a wonderful school. Yeah.
0: And I understand today's your birthday.
2: Yeah, today is my birthday.
0: Do you mind if I ask how old you are?
2: Uh, 67.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> <Okay>. 87. 87. <laughs> and I understand you're still seeing patients on, on a... Uh, fairly regular basis, still going well, in the office, still working. Two days a week, yeah. 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 So um, you founded Brooks Dental in Winthrop, Mass, right? What right. year did you start the business? Uh,
2: I think it was December of 1959. That, that's when I started. Wow. It's a long time ago.
0: Well, you um, have the distinct honor of being the first non-BU alum that I've interviewed for the podcast. And, and if you don't mind, I want to focus on on your son and your granddaughter for the Absolutely. next... Absolutely. All right. So... Um, uh, Dr. Howard, Howie, let's start with you. You grew up, obviously, um, with a dentist in the house. Um, did you, as a kid, have inklings that you might go on to the family business? or um, what, what? kind? Of, I know you went to UMass. What were you studying at UMass?
3: Well, what I studied at UMass, I studied uh, wood science and technology. Oh, interesting. So it was, uh, you know, kind of utilized all of the prerequisites for medical sure. slash dental school. Yeah, so yeah. so my, my job was, okay, I, I want to graduate in four years, and I want to graduate with a, uh, a science background so, so that I could get all of my prerequisites ready and be able to apply if I decided I wanted to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. I was definitely not uh, sure what I wanted to do when I got out of uh, college yeah. at UMass.
0: I think I read, though, that your, your parents thought you might be heading toward business school. Is that...
3: Yeah, that well that was kind of my decision uh-huh. at the time. Um, I it was it was really a a decision when I got out of college to find a job, which I did, and it was in a it was in a company called Grossman's. Mm-hmm. If sure, you remember yeah, the Grossman's. company. Yeah, yeah Exactly. So they sense. had me on a, on a management program. They mm-hmm. hired me to become a manager of one of the stores and, and I took that and said, "Well, maybe I'll I'll get my masters and I'll I'll uh, go into business and open up my own business." Whatever that may be. But after sure. a year of working at, in Grossman's and working for someone else, yeah. which was uh, interesting in itself, I decided that um, uh, this was not for me. And so my wife and I were skiing in New Hampshire and sitting down at a, at a restaurant and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And we, at that point, she kind of moved me in the direction of dentistry. Yeah. And that, that's how the decision was made.
0: Okay. So tell me a little bit about your BU experience. How did, how did you decide to attend BU?
3: Yeah, my, my decision to attend Boston University was really a decision that came about from a colleague of my father. He was involved with the school at the time, and he recommended uh, Boston University as an excellent institution to study for dentistry. Makes sense. And so... so wh-
0: what sticks out about that experience? Do you remember specific classes or professors that you had that were, were sort of impactful on
3: your career? Absolutely. Uh, dental school itself was extremely challenging and required really 110% commitment of yourself and your, free, and your free time. There was very little downtime. Studying at the school for long hours with classmates became the norm. Uh, we all basically lived at the school during our time there and became a close-knit family. It was hard to explain kind of what we were going through, um, unless you were going through it yourself. Yeah. There, were, and there were a handful of mentors uh, at BU that shaped my skills and problem-solving abilities. Valdemar Wells as one, he had amazing hands. And uh, to this day, I make my block temporaries as he taught us to make them back in the preclinical days. Dr. Armstrong was another mentor on the clinic floor. Um, he was tough, intimidating, as many of them were, but fear. Um, his practical knowledge that he imparted on me when I create a crown preparation lives with me today. Dr. Kilgore, Dr. Rakowski, Dr. Hawley, Dr. McManama, and many more had lasting effect on how I practice today.
0: Mm. So you already told me about sort of one big fork in the road that you had in your career. When you finished your Doctor of Dental Medicine, did you already know you wanted to go into practice with your dad, or were you thinking about doing something else? How did you sort of make that decision?
3: Now, when I, when I finished, uh, even prior to going to dental school, my path was going into practice okay. with my father. Sure. There, was never, there was never any doubt. Yeah. So it took a lot of pressure off me while I was in dental school. A lot of my, my classmates were, Where, what do I do when I graduate? Do I go to, yeah. do I go to graduate school? Do I, do I want to go into a specialty? But for me, it was easy. Yeah, and and it just really uh, it, it made the the experience that much more enjoyable, knowing where I'd be headed, yeah, and who I'd be sure, with. Sure,
0: sure, sure. Right. I mean, you know, we talked about mentors you had in in school. I can only imagine that your dad has been the ultimate mentor for you.
3: Absolutely. In general, being able to practice with my father was special because it not only allowed me to practice with my father, but it it allowed me to become, in a sense, a friend and a colleague. It was. It was not like my father. Okay, we are we are now colleagues, and I got to know him uh, really differently than than as a father figure. But I never hesitated to go to my father for for help. He was a he was he was and still is a great mentor. It could be a procedure that I was working on that I felt a little uncomfortable with. I'd go into his room and say, "Could you help me with this?" Whatever that may be, I don't, without getting into too many details, but <laughs>
0: yeah, we don't want to. As a dental patient, I don't really want to know how the sausage is made. So.
3: <laughs> well, it might have been extracting a tooth, <laughs> and he came in to finish it off. Yeah, well, but, it's, not, uh, but it's just one of many examples.
0: Yeah. Well, Doctor Stephanie, did you you grew up with these two? dentists as role models. Did you see that kind of working relationship that they had sort of did that influence your decision to to go to to dental school in any way?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it had a huge influence and I don't know if I would have thought to go into dentistry had I not had that family influence. Right. I knew it was really special having the two of them, but I to a degree when I was young, I probably did take it for granted. It's like, oh, dentistry runs in the family. Like, doesn't it for everyone who wants to go into dentistry? And when I started at BU Dental, my close-knit group of friends and just other classmates, you know, I got to know them and asked them, I'm like, how, how did you decide to get into this? And they're like, well, I found it interesting or I had a good, you know, experience um, with my dentist when I was little. And so many of them hadn't had dentists in the family. And I'm like, that's so interesting. Like, I I feel really lucky to, to have that working relationship and also to have a good relationship with both of them and know I most likely be able to work well with them side by side.
0: So knowing that, I mean, you had exposure to it as a, you know, out of the womb, basically. Mm-hmm. Did you, when you were in high school or even leading in college, did you know you were going to be a dentist or was it still sort of a question?
1: I think I always kind of knew that I wanted to go into dentistry. It just made sense for me. Like my father said previously, like he enjoyed working with his hands when he was young. I did too. I loved art, um, painting, drawing. I loved working with my hands. And I knew, I suppose my dad saw it in me that it would lend itself well to dentistry. And also, I love the Boston area. I knew staying here is some, and being in this stable, predictable lifestyle is something that suits my personality. So I think from a young age maybe around high school. I knew that was what I was going to end up doing. Okay.
0: So tell me about your BU experience. Again, same question, are there specific classes you took, specific projects that you worked on, professors Mm -hmm. that you had that really stand out when you think back to those years?
1: Yeah. I don't have to think back too far. It's still very fresh, (laughs) but it's a good thing. I think, well, what makes BU uh, so unique and BU Dental in particular is there are so many faculty, probably I can count in two hands or more, that... Are still there teaching now that were there teaching when my dad was there, and he remembers them well, and he developed relationships with them. And I really do think those are the ones that helped me the most. I felt immediately drawn to BU because of these faculty members that I felt like they had already known me because they know my father. So, you know, Dr. McManama, Dr. Kilgore, I worked I worked with closely, Dr. Brown who I know has been here for a ton of years. Um, Yeah, the, the older faculty that know BU so well and have been there for a while, and just they also know the struggles. It's not easy to get through dental school, so those were the ones that I connected with the most and sought a lot of advice at it.
0: And did you know that you were definitely going into the family business the whole time? I read that you had professors that gave you some warnings about the the possible pitfalls of working with family.
1: Yeah, and honestly I was shocked when, when I heard that from multiple. Mm. They I, I remember them telling me, like, that's amazing that you're going into it with your father and your grandfather. It's not gonna be easy. It might not even work out. And I'm like, okay, I I don't think I don't agree with you, but I appreciate your giving me advice. But no, I I mean it's been such smooth sailing. I feel so lucky to be able to go right out and into work when ma- majority of my classmates, almost all of them, went into either residency or a specialty because they just felt like they needed that extra guidance, mentoring, learning. But I knew I already have that coming into Brooks yeah. Dental. Well,
0: I wonder, too if it was a, if that's a generational thing. Doctor Howie, did you have? I, I imagine at the time when you finished '87, that there might not be as many people saying, "Oh, beware of working with family." That maybe you know family businesses were were more popular route back then not that it was terribly long ago but were there people in your life that made you think about twice about working with your dad
3: no not at all yeah. not at all solo practices were what dentistry was back in the day sure and now they're more group practice so you're working with yeah, there's more personalities and uh but i i never i never had an issue with my father he's just laid back and said hey i'm i'm open to learning new new ways and new technology and new new things that you've learned in dental school yeah. and he said go ahead yeah. do it
0: Well, you mentioned that, you know, back in the day, it was more um, individual, you know, private dentists. Now it's more groups. You mentioned some of the technology. I'm curious to know, having seen Stephanie go through med school just finishing just a year ago, how has dental education changed from what you can see? Are there things that, you know, trainings, technology that that Stephanie got to do that you wish you had been able to do as a dental student? And also just how has the dentistry industry changed in that time?
3: Yeah, that, that's that's also a very good question. We we did everything by hand sure. back in the day, waxing crowns, making our own crowns. Uh, everything was, was done with impression materials. Technology has created uh, digital dentistry, in a sense, mm-hmm. where everything now is. The x-rays are digital, where they weren't when I was in school. They, you can digitally make your own crown. At the time that the patient is sitting in the chair, you can have it milled and have a crown ready for them. There's, there's a cone beam technology, which is a three-dimensional view of the jaw that allows you to absolutely 100% know what you're going to do before you do it. All the measurements are perfect. If you're placing an implant, if you're, you're, you're doing a root canal, you can always go back and look at your, your cone beam and see three dimensionally how that bone is formed, how thick it is, what type of root structure there is. So these are some of the things that that's, that Stephanie has, uh, you know, really completed in dental school that I had absolutely sure. no knowledge of and had to learn yeah. as as the years went on. And, right. and we do; we have we, we're pretty much fully digital in our office.
0: Uh, I assume that you, as a dentist, it's it's a it's not you know you finish dental school and you're done. That you probably have to do lots of. Continued education, as in order to stay sharp in your field. How 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 do you stay sharp as a dentist and, and continue to learn about all these emerging technologies and changes in the industry?
3: Uh, that's that's uh, that's one of the things I really enjoy is continuing my education. there's uh, as a dentist, we're required to have uh, r- roughly about forty it, forty credits. Forty
1: credit hours for per two years. Forty credit
3: mm-hmm. hours for two years, but mm-hmm. we we usually do well more than that. There's dental conventions. There's even mentors in the field that we'll, we'll go in, uh, and learn from. Um, you know, at the dental convention, you kind of get a feel for what the trends are in dentistry. And then from that, you can make a decision and say, okay, well, I want to follow that trend. I want to go see that professor, that doctor, that instructor on this, this type of, uh, you know, technology. And then, and then you make a decision as to whether you want to move forward with it implemented or not implemented. Sure.
0: So outside of the, the sort of ongoing education aspect the you know, keeping up with emerging technologies, Dr. Howe, you obviously have more of a career to draw on. Dr. Stephanie, you're a new, you know, dentist in the field. But my question is, what do you feel are the characteristics that are most important for a dentist to be successful in their practice?
3: Well, first of all, you must love working with people. That's, that's, Makes I think, sense. you know <laughs> most important. Yeah. And, and treat them as if they are part of your family. Mm. Welcoming them with a smile at all times, being empathetic to their situation uh, because they're usually very nervous um, about having anything done to them, sure. especially in such a personal personal area as their mouth. Uh, but you must love your job.
0: What is it about your job that you love?
3: Working with my hands, Yeah, working with people, working with the staff, learning new technology, not being afraid to learn new technology, and, and then implement it. Um, there's, there's plenty of uh, dentists in the field that that really are afraid of change. Mm-hmm. And you cannot be afraid of change or concerned about change if you want to... You're going to be left behind. You, you're yeah. absolutely right. right. Um, uh,
0: Stephanie, how about for you? Any Anything that you've learned, you know, sort of right out of the gate, you know, lessons? Any way that, that you know, the actual work uh, that you were studying is different from what you expected or anticipated? Or did you have enough exposure to it uh, your whole life that you kind of knew what was going to happen?
1: No, short answer. <laughs> you do... So- all the learning. Once you leave dental school, they give you the basics and, you know, know how to do these procedures. And then once you're out and working and doing the real thing, you have to, you're given a lot of curveballs and you have to decide, like be quick to decide, use good judgment, what to do in those situations. So I think having good judgment, being able to, you know, make good snap decisions, those are some characteristics, but I also some that align with uh, my father's definitely empathy people skills honesty and truthfulness always that's you know the oath we took be you dental Mm -hmm. you have to have great organization you know in times in terms of time spent and just organization of procedures making sure you're prepared for the day and all obviously all these things tie into um if you love what you'll do what you do you'll be more motivated to kind of get all these things together and make it happen
0: yeah Let's talk a little bit about the family business aspect. I think a lot of people must ask you questions about that. How do you navigate balancing sort of your passion for the science, your passion for helping your patients with running a business and running a small business at that? How, how do you, how, what percentage of your time is, is spent doing, you know, the, the actual running of the business versus seeing patients?
3: I, I think that uh, is one of, the cha- one of the most challenging parts of dentistry because all day long, you've got your hands in someone's mouth in a sense. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you have staff coming to you with questions. You have uh, business decisions you have to make. So as much as, as difficult it is to just do the dentistry, you also have to manage the business. How much time do you have to manage the business? Not much, right? not much. Uh, a lot of that is done at home, you know, away from the office. Yeah. Uh, we'll have, we have monthly meetings with the office pretty much shut down. But there's a lot of time that I, is most of the time I, I decide on the business aspect away from the office yeah
0: and I mean I I have a you know father-in-law who's an optometrist uh, and he, he's helped me understand a lot of things about private practices that I didn't know and never really considered, you know, the, I, I don't know if this is true for you, but if you wanted to take a vacation, you know, basically anytime, and you're here today, anytime you're not seeing patients is basically money that's not coming into the business. So how do you, how do you plan for vacations and, and time off and things like that? I mean, that's, does it, is it feel like a constant push pull sort of, you know, trying to live your life, but also make
3: sure that the business is successful?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, well, exactly. That's exactly how it was. They were many years and my father you know could tell you that but when i go on vacation and i tried to keep it you know okay a week 10 days at most i still had to make payroll i still had to deal with the with the patient calls that came in i had someone i had someone that helped me out a colleague that would cover for me it's it, that is a challenge but fortunately that's not the challenge for me anymore Mm. <laughs> because it's a challenge I, for me Because no. I have my daughter but, but at the same time it's different with a group practice now yeah. So we have, we have an orthodontist in the practice We have a periodontist uh, uh, that comes in and helps us out So yes, to, to a degree That is true There is no income occurring But more so now
0: So um, you're obviously doing some things Outside of just seeing patients Did, Is that stuff that you thought about When you considered being a dentist Having to do payroll or, or some of those other operational things?
1: well i'd have to echo the fact that it's definitely at this point probably the most challenging thing just getting my feet wet with the business aspect and and at this point when i really am trying to focus on the um on the dentistry and some procedures i'm doing for the fifth sixth seventh time at the beginning maybe a year ago and i had to really focus but again if especially if my father wasn't in the office at the time i was having to deal with the whole runnings of the staff and and the Day to day routine, so I think that is it's very difficult. But I'm every day I'm learning and seeing what he does, and just trying to um, incorporate as much of that into my brain. And just a lot of it is learning on the fly. There's so, only so many courses, business courses you can take because I feel like dentistry is, especially private practice, such a niche field, and you just have to learn from your mentors. Sure, uh,
3: you know, and, and the business end. Just another note: it's it's really not something you can go to a class. And learn, you, you have to apply that that you know that experienced knowledge that you've developed through the years on how to run a business. And so, you know, little by little, I'm I'm giving Stephanie as she's ready kind of more responsibility with that, and she's taking it and doing a great job.
0: Uh, I'm curious to know sort of, I have an idea of what the benefits of working in a family business would be, but for for both of you, if you could give us an idea of you know both the benefits and the challenges that people might not see from the outside of of operating a family business particularly a, th- a three generation family business uh, things that people might might surpri- that might surprise people about you know what it takes to, to be successful in that
3: environment well well i think you know for, for dentistry the benefits of a family business is is how the patient how our patient base sees that uh, that dynamic yeah and uh, they feel much more comfortable coming into the practice knowing that my daughter Dr. Stephanie is now in the practice. They feel as if they're going to be treated properly, like I treated them. They're not going to; it's not going to be a mercenary that comes into the practice and just wants to do work and 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 you know get paid for it and go somewhere else in two years. They know that Stephanie's in for the long haul. So there's this, um, you know, almost immediate kind of, uh, I guess, confidence that they have in seeing Stephanie, knowing that she's my daughter. Sure. Um, Stephanie, any comments on that?
1: Yeah, I I definitely feel that um, I've over the course of the past year year and a half I've met so many patients that have started with Dr. Barry and then went on to develop trust in Dr. Howie and then now see me and that having that immediate sense of trust like yes I I feel okay seeing you it's huge in dentistry and it's it's a good feeling and it's something that probably if a new dentist goes into a corporate practice or you d- you know, anywhere where patients don't know them, you're really having to start more from scratch and um, almost prove yourself in a way. uh, So it's a good feeling. And it's very unique.
0: I didn't ask you, did you consider not going to BU for dental school?
1: It was an easy decision to choose BU. I was choosing between between BU and Tufts, actually. And the interview process kind of solidified it for me. They were both very different experiences. You know, even... You, you can get wowed by, I was wowed by the atmosphere at Tufts, the beautiful facilities, you know, it's just, it's all new. And at BU, they hadn't started any of the construction at the time in the Goldman School. and But that didn't really matter so much because you just got a great feel. They wanted you there. Even if it was the interview day and I hadn't yet been accepted, they I felt like they wanted me there. And it was it was a good feeling. It felt warm. So ever since that Point. I was like, yeah, BU yeah. is the place for me.
0: Well, and I know that it continues to be important to you. You've already been asked to join the Goldman School of Dental Medicine Alumni Board. Uh, I'm curious to know, you know, why why you've felt that it was important to to raise your hand and, and be involved in that.
1: Yeah, I'm serving on the board. Um, I love it. It's a really fun experience because. I was actually asked to join. I received um, the Richard Fercucci Award at the awards ceremony right after graduation. And um, for the recipients of that award, it, this became a thing in the past, uh, I think, three years ago. They they asked the recipient of that award if you'd like to serve on the board. And I'm like, absolutely. I became, I knew already a few people on the board from being faculty. And it's a cool experience to finally be on equal playing field colleagues with these people and really be able to talk about, you know, life in general and um, also be able to contribute my different perspective on the alumni board being such a new graduate. Mm -hmm. I feel like I offer a different perspective. Yeah.
0: Well, as you consider the years of your careers, and Stephanie, yours has been just about a year that you've been working full-time, um, but Dr. Howe, you've, you've got a, a few more decades to draw on. <laughs> you've okay. got a young person, you know, one of okay. your patients, who's like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about maybe being a dentist someday. What would you, what would you tell them?
3: Well, I, uh, the, the first thing I would tell them is that I love my job, and you need to love your job, Yeah, you, you, you know, no matter what that, it yeah. is. It's not, about, it's not about the money. It's not about uh, the prestige. It's, it's what you love doing from day to day. You spend more time there many times than, than being at home. Yeah. But I, you know, I, you know, what I love about the job again is changing people's lives. And one of my sayings is I change people's lives one tooth at a time or one mouth at a time. And uh, it's a great feeling. Um, you can take someone with low self-esteem and I'll tell this to the, to the person that's interested. You, it, you know, because of the way their teeth look and they're afraid to smile. So other people may perceive that person as being unhappy or sad when that's not really the case. They may not get the job they are quali- that they're really qualified mm-hmm. for uh, because of how they present themselves. They're not smiling. Uh, they don't look confident, self-confident. So just you know, seeing the first look in their eyes after completing treatment, mm. and they see themselves in, the, in, the, in that mirror, it, that's what dentistry is all about. Getting someone out of pain also has the same effect. You know, wow, I can chew on that side again, and I don't have to miss work. So there's a lot of, you know, you're helping people. Yeah. If you want to help people, and you like working with your hands, You know, you you have to have good dexterity skills.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's a whole scientific aspect to it, too. I mean, well, Stephanie, how about you? What are a similar answer about the things that make you happy about doing that work?
1: Yeah, I I think I agree with everything that was said. You have to be really determined. Like, every day is... um, it's also, to a degree, it's fun because every day is different. You're facing new challenges, new personalities in your patients, and a lot of them love coming to see us, but then new patients, people that are nervous, they, they honestly don't. You have to be prepared for that. You have to um, be resilient and just determine, make every day the best day, and that it takes a certain type of personality if someone wants to become a dentist or healthcare field in, de- in general takes a certain type of personality to be able to deal with that and bounce back day to day and see the good in every day and just try and keep keep plugging along.
0: Yeah. Well, Dr. Barry, you've been sitting <laughs> quietly and listening. I'm curious, what, what year was it that you founded Brooks Dental? Uh, I opened in
2: uh, the December of 1959. 1959.
0: Well, congratulations on 60 years. How does it feel as the founder of this business, to sit here and listen to your son and your granddaughter talk about the family business, the passion they have for it, and knowing that you've created this, this Winthrop institution that hopefully will continue for generations more.
2: Well, it makes me, makes me very happy. You know, uh, We have six children, and Howie is the one that decided to go into the dentistry and he has three children and one is going one is going to dentistry it's it's a wonderful thing we get along very well together i know other people uh that i've heard with with family members have had problems and had to split up we we we'd love to work together and and it's worked out fine so we're very happy about
0: yeah. that well again happy birthday Thank 87 you. when are you going to hang it up and, and re- <laughs> relax and retire for i a know while?
2: I, I i feel so healthy and happy to help but you know uh, now that stephanie's in it makes my work a little bit easier or mm-hmm. less less coming in but at some point i'll stop but right now i'm Still still working and still enjoying it. Good for you. Well, and, and
0: congratulations, all three of you. Thanks so much. It was really interesting hearing your story. I appreciate you, you. sharing with us. Thanks.
1: Yeah, thank I you. Do.
3: Thank you very much for having us.
0: My thanks to Drs. Barry, Howard, and Stephanie Brooks for joining me on the podcast. It was so fun for me to hear their story. And we're so proud to count both Howard and Stephanie as members of our alumni community. If you'd like to learn more about their practice, visit their website at winthropsmiles.com. On behalf of everyone on the BU Alumni Relations team, thanks so much for listening to Proud to be You. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, rate and review our podcast wherever you find your episodes. I'm Jeff Murphy, and no matter where your path takes you, be proud to be you. The Proud to be BU podcast is produced by Boston University Alumni Relations. Our theme is from Jump and APM music. To learn more about Proud to be BU, visit buedu proudtobeu